Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Wednesday episode. It's what's been in the news this Wednesday. We're going to be talking about some news things that have occurred here recently, and we'll jump into those conversations after inspiration. Our inspiration today is sharing by caring. The young pastor prayed every morning, asking God to use him that day to bless someone. Often, to his delight, such a situation arose. One day during a break at his second job, he sat in the sunshine with a co-worker who asked him about Jesus. The pastor simply answered the other man's questions. No rant, no arguing. The pastor commented that being guided by the Holy Spirit led him to have a casual talk that felt effective but loving. He made a new friend as well, someone hungry to learn more about God. Letting the Holy Spirit lead us is the best way to tell others about Jesus. He told his disciples, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Living under the Spirit's control, that young pastor put into practice what Peter instructed. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Even if we suffer for believing in Christ, our words can show the world that His Spirit leads us. Then our walk will draw others to Him. Heavenly Father, as we tell others about Jesus— Please lead us, Holy Spirit, to speak with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we have a uh, Wednesday episode with lots of local coverage, but dovetailing off of yesterday's show, we had Rabbi Han, and there was a local newspaper article, actually, that was a Holocaust survivor as well in, uh, in a local newspaper and was uh, recognized. Yep, we were looking at in, uh, it was Wednesday, November 8th, it was Carla Olman Pepperzak's 100th birthday, in which they named a middle school after her up on the South Hill. Yeah, and she has an interesting story as a Holocaust survivor. Apparently, she was able to purchase a, a nurse outfit and was able to help some people avoid going to uh, some concentration camps. So uh, there are stories out there that need to be told, and it's unbelievable the power that's given to government and the evil that people will do when so motivated. And I, th- I think we've got to share the truth and people need to hear these stories so that we don't repeat that history. And we can find out more about that history coming up this Sunday, December 3rd, from 7 to 9. We have the Honey Girl of Auschwitz coming to the Spokane Convention Center. Uh, you can look up tickets at ticketswest.com. They range from $25 to preferred seating $50. But as Rabbi Han said, if you don't have money, they don't want to turn anyone away. You may email him at Rabbi Han, that's R-A-B-B-I-H-A-H-N, at gmail.com. Yeah, so it's a interesting time in the world, and I think it's more important than ever to become educated and educate others on uh, the things around us and how we can impact uh, what's going on to, to have a better future and a, and a future that, you know, doesn't include genocide. I, I think that's, that's somewhat important, 
But we've got a growing government, and that growing government is always needing more and more money. And one way that it's doing it, and this is uh, out of the Seattle Times, that the state raised $260 million in carbon pricing auction. So that's the, the estimate, but it's looking like with these carbon credits that they're basically bribing businesses, you know, or businesses have to pay a penance for their uh, emitting. And in, in these auctions, they're, they're limited in how many they can purchase. Uh, it looks like in all, 31.9 million carbon allowances have been sold this year. They sell each allowance for $51.90, and it hauled in more than $1.5 billion. Uh, each allowance represents one metric ton of emissions from the state's biggest polluters. So when the state decides you're a polluter they don't like, you're going to end up having to get these carbon credits. And, and I, I don't know all the industries that are included in this, but the state is definitely bringing in lots of money. Lawmakers this last year budgeted about $2.5 billion in anticipated revenue from these auctions for projects that they plan on uh, supposedly cleaning the air. And of course, a lot of this, I'm sure, will go to educational institutions because they're going to educate people on alternative energies and recycling. And and uh, who knows? This is the kind of big money that will flow in a lot of directions, probably won't really save the planet. But what they want to do is try to reduce. The, it's kind of interesting because it goes to the Paris uh, agreement. They want a carbon-free world by 2050, and uh, it's going to reduce global warming by 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit. A lot of weird science behind that. We've done interviews like we did with Gorham, right? Steve Gorham, that's actually going to air tomorrow. So listen to that interview on the mad, mad world of, of the climate science. So I just have a silly question, though. All of this stuff about uh, carbon free by 2050. Don't we have to have CO2 in order to live? For plants to grow, yeah. If you want food, it's plant food. Yeah. Yeah. Oxygen. And it, yeah. And carbon. Yeah. And They're calling it a pollutant. It's in the air. It's a very, very small portion of the air. I think one of the examples that was given is that if you have a, a stadium that holds 10,000 people and you wanted to represent the carbon that is in the air, there would be four people in that stadium. Mm. So they want to reduce that carbon. And actually, there's been times throughout the world where the carbon's been uh, a lot less in the air. But we live in a carbon-based world. Everything's carbon-based. It's made out of carbon, which is why they do carbon dating, right? Oh, I was thinking carbon fiber seemed to be the really cool thing not too long ago. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, carbon is, we live in a carbon-based world. You know, so it's strange, but I think what we need to, to realize, and I think a lot of Washingtonians have realized this, is it's a money laundering scheme from the taxpayers, because everybody's going to pay these fees. When you pull up to the gas pump, that's why our gas prices are higher, which is why they've already turned in signatures, I believe, on this initiative, a citizen's initiative to the legislature to get rid of this carbon tax that you know they're putting on our gas. Our gas tax is supposed to pay for roads, bridges, infrastructure, for transportation. It's a user fee, basically, for using our roads. And it's actually, I believe, in our state constitution, and it's been throughout the state laws, that 
this be a dedicated fund for transportation. And they found a, a loophole to decide they're going to tax everything uh, through these carbon credits. And so when you go to buy things at the store, all the things that arrive at the store are there because diesel fuel was put in a semi-truck and a semi-truck delivered the food to the store. And that goes along with all the rest of your products that you have. So we're all paying higher prices everywhere because of this, you know, carbon scheme that they're doing that's somehow is going to clean up the air. I'm not quite sure how it's going to. Uh, you're going to have nonprofits that are going to getting money, government entities. They're going to hire people that are going to drive around those combustion engines and uh, promote whatever it is. But there's an even scarier side of this, Shannon, that I see, and it's at the end of this little short article from the Seattle Times, and again, it's state raises $260 million in carbon pricing auction. That's the article headline. And it says, officials are pursuing merging Washington's carbon pricing market with another operated by California and Quebec. So I believe this is a problem because now we're taking our economy in Washington state and they're going to merge. They're going to create some kind of a, I don't know if Bankman Freed came up with this idea, almost like a Bitcoin scam where we're all going to pay higher prices everywhere. The companies that operate in Washington are now going to be merged into this green economy scheme with California and Quebec. So it's saying that assuming Washington, California, and Quebec agree to merge their markets, the earliest the process could be finished is 2025. Well, that's not very far down the road. And we as citizens have an initiative on the ballot to get rid of this funding scheme for the climate change activism. So I, I think that we got to look at where our tax dollars are going more and more. And it's interesting to me, too, because there's there's some other things that have been in the news lately. We look at affordable housing. And every time that comes up, Shannon, what do I say? Every time I hear the word affordable housing out of a politician's mouth, it gets more expensive. So we have local governments that are trying to create programs. Oh, we need more affordable housing, more affordable housing. So they want to make it so that they can change the building code so we can create more density where you can put up to six units on a single lot, right? Well, I, I think I, what I'm seeing happen in, in building is affordable housing, right? But it's not so affordable. What it is, is we're not using what used to be used when they were the builders were building. They were building the American dream homeownership, right? The American dream. We're building apartments. We're building little townhouses because we've created too high of an expense for housing. So that's great. Okay. You can put multiple units on a single lot, but what does that do to the, to the lot? It makes it denser. It means that there's less open space for the other programs that they fund where we want more trees. You're starting to look like the projects in Chicago. And we need a canopy of trees. Well, you can't have that if you create all this density. So we fund things out of both sides of politicians' mouths. And then the other problem you have is then, guess what? The more density you create, the more valuable the properties, the more expensive the properties. And guess what else happens? Your property taxes go up. So over the last several weeks, we had an election and the election didn't even get finished and they were already working 
on taking votes like the city council took a vote to increase property taxes by one percent they're taking that one percent they can take every year but you also have other local governments doing a lot of other things all the school districts it seems are now putting on our february ballot that's coming up they're putting levies and bonds on the ballot to increase revenues for the public schools well you look on your property taxes uh, you know your common house is probably paying anywhere between two thousand and four thousand dollars a year just in property taxes if you get to see the property taxes now remember we have a lot of renters out there that don't see the property taxes they don't get those pieces of paper they just get the notice that their rents are going up and then they're upset because their rent's going up right and they just saw the sign that says yes to the kids so in february they're going to write to increase everybody's taxes and then they're going to be angry when their rent goes up so you know it's one of those situations where we need to be uh, an informed electorate, which is part of the reason why we do this show. Actually, it's most of the reason why we do this show. And one thing leads to another. Guess what? Housing cost goes up when your taxes go up. I think when we look back at, at the taxation, of course, it was a lot cheaper not that long ago, but you have elderly residents. You have people that are paying more in property taxes and insurance now than they were paying to pay the payment and live in their house back and they when they bought, bought it. House. So their cost of living is going up and they didn't even buy a new house. Their house was barely affordable when they bought it and it's even less affordable now. And it's the same house, except for now it's paid off. And so we have all these different entities that want to tax us more, but there's a lot more than just a 1% tax coming at us. And the voters said no to a tax in this last election but there's more taxes coming our way, and we're going to talk about that after we take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We want to thank God and you, the listeners, for the opportunity to continue the Right Spokane Perspective radio show and podcast programming. Listeners, it's because of your support we continue to bring you facts, commentary, and alerts on what's happening in local government, politics, and issues affecting us all. Please send your most generous support to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, PO Box 7620, Spokane, WA 99207. Thanks again, and back to the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this. We're going to get taxed some more Wednesday episode. Actually, we were we were talking about news coverage that happened recently. And, of course, the elections occurred. And then right after the elections, we get all this news coverage and we see political entities now meeting. Of course, there was meetings going on prior to the election, but it's now coming out. City Council raised the 1% property tax. We're looking at all the school districts in the surrounding area it looks like are going to be asking not for just tax renewals, but they're going to be looking to increase the percentage, even though property prices have gone up and they've gotten more money than they've ever gotten before. They're asking for more per thousand dollars of value in your house, right? Instead of a dollar 44 and two eighty nine, you're going to see different districts. It's going to be three, three and a half dollars per thousand just for your schools. And they're looking at bonding, which is typically used for uh, school infrastructure projects. And then you're going to see levies, which are to pay for school operations. And uh, that's not the only taxes. So there's a hole in the city's budget right now. And the city council had been trying to figure out how to fill that hole. But also they've got projects they'd like to do that because of general fund revenues and growth in government spending, they need to raise even more money. So uh, there was an article a few weeks back 
in the spokesman, and it says the Spokane is wrestling with how much it can ask voters to raise taxes next year for parks and libraries. Well, the voters, I think, wanted safety in this last election. There was kind of a mixed message sent to our elected officials because they wanted to outlaw, you know, these encampments. They're often drug-fueled encampments near schools, child cares, parks, parks where, where kids are at. Only problem is the voters said no to more jail capacity and more drug programs and more mental health services mental health services and more prosecutors and social workers and people to deal with this problem so now you have a mandate that's going to our local law enforcement to police this issue but you don't get any more police and you don't have any more jail space and you don't have any more program not that the pro- the programs really haven't been effective most of the ones that we've seen happen i mean we're just moving people in and out of these cycles of of uh, drug addiction it seems some of the programs out there do work there are some groups that have programs that work but it's obviously a growing problem you know the this fentanyl death issue and the growth in people that are are doing drugs and these uh, growing encampments that a lot of them is heroin and and mostly fentanyl nowadays that a lot of these folks run so they send a mixed message and yeah, we want this dealt with, but we don't want to be taxed anymore. And it was a, a 0.02% sales tax countywide. And basically the, the voters want government to use, just like citizens are, use the amount of money that's in their budget to do the mandatory things. And of course, a lot of taxpayers probably see you know, the fancy things that we fund, you know, we paint crosswalks, we paint intersections with political agendas. Uh, we do lots of marketing uh, online. There's lots of government marketing on television. And maybe they can reduce the amount of spending in those areas and do what the the citizens want. But I don't think our government's going to work that way. I think it's just not going to do it because they're looking at this tax. But there's a concern about this tax. So I'll just read right from the article in the spokesman where they're looking at raising taxes on property owners in the city of Spokane. While the city council and Mayor Nadine Woodward's administration continue to find ways to patch a $20 million hole in next year's budget, including stopgap measures, basically going through the article, the stopgap measures are temporary and they're they're running out of ways to fill those budget holes in all the city is able to take in an additional 50 million per year if approved by a majority of voters that's 50 million per year we're talking about major tax hikes here the city council delayed a decision on a monday in the middle of last month to put parks and library levies on the february ballot which is when spokane public schools has decided to seek voter approval for school levy renewals and a new construction bond. So there's just taxes coming at us like crazy right after these elections. And the citizens, I think, are going to be throwing their hands up in the air when we see those tax increases, but we're not going to be seeing the other mandates like the one that we put on police with the camping. What are they going to do? Where are they going to take them? They can't take them to the jail that wasn't approved. And if the government's not looking at funding that without raising taxes, And they're looking at funding all these other things. And guess what? It's in the general fund. Yeah, we did the the downtown park. You know, we spent, I don't know, $100 million. We went way over budget with 
the park redo for Riverfront Park. So you see these other local parks that haven't had renovations done in decades. Well, yes, there's tax revenue coming in that the city could have been using, but the operations of government have become a lot more expensive. So it's up to you to tax yourself some more for these parks. I, I think citizens are going to get to the point where they're going to say, well, sell the park, build houses. I don't think so. I think we're going to get to the point where they're just going to throw away their ballots. And let me remind you, if you just throw away your ballot and you don't mark the no box, it's going to be a yes. That's right. That Obviously, the folks out there that have some self-interest, whether it's their neighborhood park that they want fixed up or they work for the parks department or they're a contractor to the city that will get the contracts possibly to build the parks. They have a family member that sells park play equipment. Yeah, all those people are going to be voting for, for these taxes. But we're looking at a time where citizens are seeing inflation, not government inflation is another piece because the government has to deal with inflationary factors as well. But we're going to ask citizens, and, and it's looking like schools, parks, libraries, and, and you just start going down this list of, of tax proposals to increase taxes on ourselves. I, I just don't see the voters approving those things. I think government has backed itself into the corner where they've already created all these taxes to, you know, they're, they're building stadiums downtown. They're doing stuff that the voters said, no, they're going to uh, fluoridate the water. They're going to spend money in all these other places and then come back to the taxpayers and say, no, we need you guys to pay more taxes because otherwise your, you know, your park bathrooms aren't going to get fixed. Well, and here we are again asking grandparents that bought their houses to pay more money when they're already on a fixed income. Spokane is a retirement town. We are still a retirement town. They are living on a fixed income. And another tax means the difference between grandma staying in her house or moving in with you. Yeah, of course. But there's also other things. You look at the government where all the money goes, where the spending goes. We The state government, of course, like with the the situation with the jail that uh, after the vote failed, obviously proponents of the, the jail reminded the writers in the spokesman review that our jail was built with state funds back in the eighties. Well, the state's not likely to fund that at this point in time. And so if we want to fund anything, criminal justice, it's going to have to be done at the local level. Now it looks like maybe they're going to talk the voters into a new tax. Of course, Remember the 0.03% tax for the STA, for the STA, for the Spokane Taxing Authority, for the transit lines, right. and the city buses, the electric buses, all these buses you see empty most of the time driving around burning diesel. Well, you've got an entity that like they came back to us three times with different, different proposals. And I think it was a 0.03%. And then they lowered it to 0.02%, which was the same price they were asking for the jail. And they finally did enough outreach they did enough testing they looked at the places where they needed to garner more votes to get the taxpayers to approve it and so third time is a charm i guess they got that tax proposal approved so we funded more sta we funded the parks right for the downtown renovation but we were also told local parks were going to be fixed but instead they ended up having to take money from neighborhoods remember that tax that the neighborhood built yes. for themselves to fix their infrastructure in their neighborhood and they took that to fix a bridge in riverfront, in riverfront park, park because that wasn't covered in the bond that they got the voters to approve so you've got all this moving of money and these politicians that are looking at other things that need to be accomplished and they never 
have any self-reflection. They don't look in the mirror and remind themselves that like the city council increased its budget by a hundred percent, doubled the amount of money that they're spending on their own staffers and their friends that they hire. Nope. They'll just come back and ask us for more money while they find new ways to spend it. But then they don't actually get the things done with the money that was supposed to be done. Like with riverfront park, they have to take money from neighborhoods. I see this as a trend of our local government. I'm not going to point to parties necessarily because I think there's been a number of transitions over the years and it's just the elected officials not listening to the voters and uh, they'll spend our money coming back because it's what, a couple hundred thousand dollars to run a ballot issue, right? Right. So they have to spend money to put it on the ballot. They'll spend that money to keep continuing to come back for another iteration of some kind of tax proposal to get what municipal government supposed to be doing done. And we look at the parks and we look at where state funds are going. We look at police budgets. Of course, the police contract just did get approved and there's going to be some pay increases for our, our law enforcement, but we're not going to see increases in the number of law enforcement we have. We don't they have nowhere to take these uh, individuals they arrest, but you see state funds getting spent in other places. And this, again, going back to our local newspaper, nonprofits, launch fund to benefit undocumented workers with temporary unemployment relief. So we're talking about unemployment for excluded workers, they call it. This week, two nonprofits launched the Washington Excluded Workers Benefits Fund, a pilot program accepting applications from undocumented workers in the state. Eligible applications will receive cash payments of $500 per week for 10 weeks or until they find another job. Uh, so this is a, a new program. It's They're looking at more than 5,200 workers in Washington could benefit from the pilot program. For an, Now, however you want to look at this, they're here, they're working, they're in our state because our federal government didn't do its job with the border and figure out how to make a citizenry residents that are in our state actual citizens. Either they're here legally or they're not. So now the state, our state tax dollars are having to subsidize that. So when you look at your property taxes, there's a chunk of that in there that is going to the state. So you got your schools, you got the state, and you've got the, the city. city. Okay. So our rents are going to go up back to the original part of this discussion. Affordable housing, if they want to really talk about affordable housing, these politicians, find a way to make government less incompetent. Make government less effective and waste and spend less money so that you're not increasing tax revenues because it's not just the property taxes. You've got these utility taxes. You've got all this stuff that's more expensive in life because of government taxation and spending. So another interesting one with the, the immigrant issue, and this was uh, also in the spokesman review. So just in the last couple of weeks, obviously the uh, illegal aliens or immigrants, as some might say, it said in the, in the spokesman uh, about the middle of this last month that immigrants score insurance win in Washington. So they created a new fund and it says around 105,000 people are newly eligible to buy health insurance in Washington. That's because for the first time, undocumented residents can purchase health insurance through the Washington Health Plan Finder. So it says 60% of Washington's undocumented residents have lived in the state for 10 years or more. Okay, again, our federal government fails, our state government, our taxes now are subsidizing 
healthcare insurance for undocumented workers. How do the undocumented workers do like the rest of us and pay taxes in their paycheck and these other areas of taxation to help support these programs, right? Government has failed over and over and over again, and it keeps coming back and asking for more and more money. I don't see, Shannon, voters approving all these tax ideas that are coming up because they're going to want to increase property taxes more than 1%. That'll have to be voter approved. For the city, the schools want more money. The state government's raising lots of money through everything we do through these carbon taxes. I think we're getting taxed out of affordability while the politicians keep talking about affordable housing. I can't afford any more taxes. Exactly. Okay, well, we're out of time for today's show. Folks, let's pay attention to the news and who we are allowing to tax us more. And uh, let's make sure that they remember their promises when they ran for office. We'll be with you folks again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Tim. And Shannon. With with Right Right Spokane Spokane Perspective. Perspective. It's all about the information, interviews, and alerts so you can take action. We are seeking the truth about local news, local leaders. We are listener supported and appreciate our sponsors. Like and share Right Spokane Perspective on social media, Facebook, Truth Social, Twitter, MeWe, and Getter. Visit us also at www.rightspokaneperspective.com. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.